Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is uh, a little bit fun. I picked this background because this is about New Year's. And I know there's more calendars than one, and I celebrate New Year's on January 1st. But I celebrate a couple of other ones, too. My wife's birthday is a new year for me, October the 14th, and also my my own birthday, which um, is in December. <clears throat> I celebrate those for different reasons. But anyway, I want to talk about what New Year's is and what it isn't and what it can be and uh, why I think it's important and how you can use it to create your ultimate life. So this, this uh, show, I started this in uh, March or April of 2020, right after the pandemic and lockdown started. <clears throat> so we're coming up on three years in about three or four months. I'm pretty excited. This is episode 728. And I started it out every day and did that for quite some time. And then, um, I don't know, eight or nine months ago, we went to... Uh, uh, twice a week just because we had so many episodes and the other thing is doing it daily I had them at 15 minutes and I wanted to be able to have a little bit <clears throat> longer conversations with people and so I've uh, had a whole bunch of episodes in fact the ones all the ones before this and the a number of those right after this are all interviews and I've and they're more interviews than anything else and they used to be more just talking about different topics for creating your ultimate life what is that ultimate life? I want you to tell yourself right now. For me, it's creating a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. <clears throat> and it's creating it, creating it a certain way, and that's by using divine gifts that we each have. So let's talk about that in the context of a new a new year. So the winter solstice is you know somewhere around December twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. That's when the days are the shortest, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's the one I'm familiar with, but I understand that in the South it's backwards. No, it's not backwards. Maybe we're backwards. Different. <clears throat> at that time, uh, the, the new year on the calendar is right after that. So there is uh, unfreezing of the earth if you live in cold places. And spring is coming, which, you know, is new life and new growth and so new years at least for those in the northern hemisphere is a natural and easy time to think about growth and new new things to come but like i do with my wife's birthday in october and my birthday in december i set goals and measure things in on various dates how do you celebrate new year <clears throat> what is that for you do you set goals do you set quote resolutions does it pass unmarked? Is it a big party time? What, What is it for you? I'm going to give you some suggestions, and I hope they'll help you. They've helped me to create the ultimate life. Now, I said the ultimate life was having a life of purpose. 
take time to reevaluate your purpose. Why do you get up every day? I found, and I find it not just for me, but repeatedly as I interview guests, that when we get up every day just to do the same old thing, it doesn't mean very much and things get boring and, you know, life isn't very happy. So then happiness goes down. <clears throat> what is your purpose? Do you have one? Do you have a larger purpose that fuels your drive? I've had multiple purposes over my life, or at least I would have described them that way. There was a time when I wanted to build a really elaborate recording studio with a great big long mixing board and all kinds of stuff. And I got about two-thirds of the way there at one point. And today, that's not a purpose. That's not a goal. I could have said, and well, that was just a means to an end. And what I really wanted to do is help people with their music. Okay, that's actually a lot closer to the purpose that I have now because my purpose now, and literally the only thing I do, is to help as many people as I can to discover their own gifts. Why? So they can have that ultimate life because your ultimate life of happiness, I call it purpose, prosperity, and joy, comes when we serve with our gifts. So let's talk about gifts for a minute. <clears throat> Do you know what your gifts are? That's been a fun treasure hunt for me. And a lot of times it comes from, you know, observation, the things I like to do, the things I really enjoy doing, the things I get lost in doing. Or I, don't, I don't keep track of time. Uh, people tell you, right? They'll tell you what your gifts are. Boy, you really are good at that. And they'll, and, you know, if you get, hear that enough, it's, wow, you know, maybe that's true. One of those things that I never thought about ha having a gift in that I hear so often that I know it is now, and that is the gift of my voice. Uh, whether I'm reading or whether I'm doing something like this podcast, for many people, I have a very powerful, persuasive voice, and that is a gift. And so my commitment to using that gift is this podcast. It is the road to 50 million uh, lives that I do every day because I've got another project of you know, helping 50 million people. And so that's, those are ways you use your gift. And now a life of purpose because we're looking at purpose, prosperity, and joy, that's yours and yours alone to declare. If you don't declare a purpose, then you live just sort of floating around from thing to thing. That can be fun for about five minutes, and then it gets old, and every day seems to get lost in the haze of yesterday and tomorrow, and nothing means anything. At least that was my experience. I lived that way for a long time and I just did what was in front of me and tried to make money and do okay. And even though I succeeded, I wasn't happy. There was no happiness because I didn't have a purpose, something I was really driving to. Now that I live with a purpose, it's powerful, it's profound, and every day is exciting, even when crummy things happen. All right, so that's purpose. Prosperity I use on purpose because on purpose, using that word again. Prosperity I use intentionally because as soon as you say that word or some derivative of it, people think of money. Prosperous circumstances, cash, money, floating in dough, rolling in gold coins, right? Prosperity is so much more than that. And <clears throat> um, the new year is a good time. 
to think about your prosperity. Do you have the financial wherewithal you need? Do you have the cash you need to you know, to do the things you want to do, to take care of yourself and those that depend on you. If you don't, what is the plan that you have to create that? Another piece of prosperity is relationships. What are your relationships? What status are they? Are they good? Are they strong? Are they empty? Are they weak? Are they superficial? I don't know, but you do. Where do you want them? Are you completely satisfied with where they are? Or do you avoid certain people in certain situations? Do you need to make some changes in order for you to be happy? And I, I find that when we are happy as people, we do better. We are more loving. We are better performers. You know, when you're angry or miserable, nobody performs up to par then. Nobody gives their best under negative circumstances like that. So that's another reason to... Um, look at our lives to take stock and new year's a good time to do it so let's just talk a little bit about that so my one of my other new years is uh, i'll share my goals with you october 14th <clears throat> that's the beginning of one of my years and that uh, two months ago started my goal for 50 million i'm going to help 50 million people help them discover their divine gifts help them serve with their divine gifts help them make money with their gifts if that's what they want to do I'm going to help them discover those gifts. Another way to say that is I'm going to help them take the pen and write the story of their life from their heart, the way they want to write it. We live in a world and time when so much is imposed, inflicted, as it were, almost from outside. And we feel sometimes at a loss, like we don't have control over anything. Well, what we don't have control over is the weather. It's cold here and there's snow on the ground and there isn't a lot I can do about that. But my experience is one of joy and happiness anyway. Even when I have to go outside and shovel the snow, it snows. I got to get a shovel. I got to clean the walk and the sidewalk so that people can walk and the, you know the public ways can be used. I can look at that as a terrible thing or I can look at it, at it as a joyful thing. I choose to look at it as a joyful thing. That simple choice, and it's not a joke. It's not like, well, I'll pretend that I like it because, you know, when we learn to be happy, because joy is a choice. When we learn to be happy, my experience is life is a lot more fun. So let's take stock of that. How often are you happy during the day? Like, if you look at a day, are, are you happy once every hour? Is it 25 times an hour? Is it once a week? Do you rarely feel happy? And are you satisfied with your happiness quotient? Are you satisfied with how often you feel that oh, good feeling of happiness? If you are, then you're living as you want to. If you're not, this is the place of choice. And this is why I love coaching. Because if you're not happy, and you, or you don't experience it very often, the choice that we have is, I'm not happy and I can't do anything about it because of all these reasons. And we list all the people to blame and all the circumstances to blame. Or, I'm not happy. <clears throat> what can I do to change that? 
And that question is a super powerful question. And most people answer it wrong. When, when you ask someone what you can do to change that, most of the time the answers you hear are, well, I need to get so-and-so to do this. I need to get the government to do that. I need to get the health department to do that. I need to get my boss to do that. I need to get my kids to pick up the, you know, pick up their toys or clean the yard or do whatever. I, I need to get other people to do a list of things and then I'll be happy. <clears throat> well, you can't do that. The success ratio of controlling other people's behavior and having them do what you want is pretty small. So, does that mean we're doomed to be unhappy? No, it doesn't. You can be happy right now. You could be happy with them not doing that. Byron Katie, uh, Loving What Is, is a book that Byron Katie wrote, and it's wonderful, and she has a system called The Work. And I'm not going to go over the, all of it, but if you are interested, it's powerful and it's really good. Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Byron Katie, it's a woman. And one of the things that she has people do when she's working with them is, you know, tell them, tell her what's wrong. What's amiss? Are you happy? Well, not really a little bit, but this and that. What are you not happy about? And then they'll list things. And always 99.9% of the time, the person answering the question says, my business partner does this and they shouldn't. My spouse does this and it makes me mad. My kids this. My boss should do this. My, you know, And it is all a, a list, a diatribe sometimes, of the mistakes and misbehavings of others that would be required for me to be happy. I'll make two bold predictions. One, if every single person did every single one of those things you listed, you still wouldn't be happy. Because happiness doesn't come from outside, it comes from inside. If everybody did every single one of those things, the minute it got done, you'd think of others, and you'd still be falling short, and you'd still be unhappy, and you'd find a reason. And the reason that's true, reason the reason, the reason that's true is because happiness is a choice. You're already right here, right now, choosing unhappy because other people aren't doing what you want. You can't reorder or reorganize other people's behavior or the world the way you want. And so you've chosen to let you, to let that make you unhappy. You know what? <clears throat> the question that she asks is if someone says, well, my spouse shouldn't do that and it makes me mad. She treats everything as just a thought. All right, so you are having the thought my spouse shouldn't do that, and it makes me mad. Yeah? How do you feel when you have that thought? Well, I'm mad, and I am indignant, and I'm impatient, and okay, how else? You know, your blood pressure goes up. Maybe you f- flush, or you get angry, or you get frustrated, or maybe you get resigned, and you will never get this fixed, you know, some negative reaction. And then that, of course, comes with all the neurochemistry. If you get mad, there's a lot of cortisol and other neurotransmitters in the system that are actually quite corrosive. Then she asks a really interesting question. So she says, how do you feel when you believe that thought? And then there's a conversation about all the negative things that the person is feeling that you are feeling when you list all the stuff that should be different. Then she asks a fun question. And she says, well, who would you be without that thought? 
if you didn't have the thought that they should do thus and such, well, it's funny to watch. She tapes a lot of these, and you can see them on YouTube. If you look her up on YouTube, people's change. Because introducing the idea that you don't have to have that thought, it is just a thought. You should do that. They should. That's a thought. And then the, the owning of that thought makes you miserable, unhappy, sad, neurotransmitters, negative, all that stuff that comes with it. And then her question, well, who would you be without that thought? And so taking a moment to imagine all of that negative chemistry and feeling all whoop, gone. And you see people visibly straighten them. Well, then I would, you know, happy. I would be able to do this. I would get along well over here and all these positive things. Now, the, the meaning of this is conceptually easy to describe, but watching this happen in a number of videos is really powerful because suddenly, sometimes, not always, suddenly people realize I have this negative thought that so-and-so should do such and such or shouldn't do such and such. Having that thought makes me unhappy. I'm frustrated toward them. I live in a dark cloud in my mind. You know, all these negative consequences. Who would you be without that thought? Well, if I didn't think that, then all the dark clouds would be gone, all the negative emotion, all of that. It's a, it's a really powerful realization that it is just your thinking, just your thinking that causes that negativity. And that's a, it's a truth. And it's sometimes really hard to understand because we don't want to. And we don't want to because we feel indignant and we're absolutely certain that our judgment of someone or some something is correct. And it certainly should be a certain way. So in the context of New Year's, here's the question. What, what attitudes, what behaviors, what opinions are you willing to let go? Or what opinions, thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors are you willing to at least ask the question, who would I be if I didn't believe this? What would I do if I dropped that whole line of thinking? I can tell you some funny examples from my wife and I's relationship. Uh, My wife tends to go to bed a little later than I do and get up a little later. And I had the idea that getting up exactly together and getting up early, early to bed, early to rise, and all that, all that stuff was somehow a good thing. So I spent many years trying to invent ways to help her want to get up and all the rest. And sometimes it worked for a few minutes or a few days, but mostly not. And that was the thought that should happen. And the thought that it should happen caused a bunch of anxiety a bunch of conversations, a bunch of time, I won't say wasted time, but a bunch of time used trying to create that outcome. Asking myself, well, who would I be without that thought? Meaning if I never thought anyone should get up any, you know, do whatever you want. I would be free. What? You mean, you mean I'm in prison because I have a thought that somebody should do something they're not doing? Essentially. And that's a really obvious one and clear, and there are dozens of others. And then examining that and simply making the choice, I don't need that. 
I used to need it. I had a story that I needed it, and I don't need it anymore. So I would invite you to think about habits, practices, ideas, opinions, doctrines, whatever it is that you think you need to have that involve anyone else. Now, if you're talking about your own self-growth, that's 100% our purview, right? We all we need only to work on ourselves. I would invite you to, to look at anything you think you're, you should you should be getting from someone else that you're not getting in the misery or unhappiness or anger or whatever it is that's coming from that. Set a goal if you want to, if you're willing. Who would I be without that thought? Free is the first answer. Free. Now, I'd like to spend the last few minutes talking about how to set goals that matter. So I was just having a coaching call this morning with a, a client, and there are some very, he's been a client for many years, and he's a great, he's a great guy, does fantastic work, <clears throat> beautiful company, et cetera, et cetera. And we're talking about goals, things that need to have happen. <clears throat> and the words were, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's already underway, et cetera, et cetera. And so then I ask a simple question. Is it in your calendar? Uh, some hesitation, not yet. My experience, this is a, a, a tip I'm giving you. My experience is this. Until we do two things, three things, figure out exactly what we want to accomplish, exactly what it looks like, how big, how high, how small, if it's money, how much money, if it's weight, how, you know, add weight or subtract weight, somehow get really specific about what you want. Number two is, when will that happen? I'm going to have this done in a month. Not I'm going to do it sometime. So ex do what by when is the way I ask that. Do what by when. And then comes the magic. It's, har it's hard for a lot of people to get really specific. Do what by when is sometimes hard. But the real magic comes next. And that is, <clears throat> okay, your life isn't empty. You don't spend a lot of time staring at the ceiling. You know, I've got some acoustic tile above me and, you know, has those, has those little holes in it. Well, you and I, we don't spend a lot of time with our feet up on the desk counting the, counting the dots on the ceiling tile. So that means your life's already full. So if you're going to add a new thing, especially if it's a, a significant change or a big project, it isn't going to be done if we think you're going to squeeze it in somewhere. If it's a substantive undertaking, the way to make sure it gets done is to count the hours. Even if you have to estimate, wildly estimate, how, how much time will it take? Is it a week project? Is it a quarter? You know, 12 weeks? Is it going to take all year? What, what is the scope and what are the steps? And after you break it down in steps, estimate. That's how I write books. You know, I write all the chapters out, I get an outline, I you know, and estimate the length of chapters and multiply it all out and get words, and then I know how long it takes to dictate. I tend to dictate first drafts instead of typing. <clears throat> and then, when I have some kind of an estimate of exactly the time it'll take, then I do the final thing, which is I put it in my calendar. So what I said to my client this morning is, is it in your calendar? And it wasn't yet started to be but not complete and the goal isn't complete until you've broken it down 
until you've estimated how hard it's going to be, how much it's going to be to complete, and until that time is blocked in your calendar. Then you have a good chance of getting it done. And before then, it's just wishful thinking. It's like someone saying, well, I'm going to paint the garage this weekend or paint a room in the house. If you don't cancel other projects, set aside time, do the work of picking the color, you know, do all those things and set aside time to do it, you and I both know won't get done. Won't happen. Well, I didn't have time over and over and over again. So as we approach this new year, here's what I'm doing. And when you hear this, it'll, well, it'll be right near the new year, but here's what I'm doing. I'm taking stock of things that I'm satisfied with in my life and things that I'm not. I'm picking among those things that I want to work on just a few. It's easy to make a whole bunch of plans and then they fall apart and then we feel bad about ourselves and all the rest. So just pick a few, two or three things that are the most important to you. Make a real plan. Figure out how long it will take. What is the commitment? What do you have to do? Do you have to go somewhere to do it? Do you have to acquire some things? Do you have to buy some materials or supplies? Do you have to cancel some? You know, I know someone that set a goal for reading a certain number of books. Well, of course, the conversation was how long does it take to read a book? How many hours do you need? When in your week will you fit that in? And that was a powerful question because then, you know, the week wasn't empty like none of ours are, is. Is our, none of our weeks are empty. So then, what time are you going to set aside each week? Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's an hour, two times, three times a week, whatever you choose. But setting it aside and putting it in the calendar is the thing. That makes it real and makes it happen. This is particularly important when you have critical deadlines where dependencies, where this and that depend on each other. So I want to also issue you one final invitation. One of my goals that started two months ago was to reach 50 million people, as I've mentioned. I want to invite you to help me. If you listen to this and you've got an idea about how I can help 50 million people or some portion of that, to discover their gifts, to make a choice to serve with them so that they can have that fulfillment. Let me know, because I'm not sure about how I'm going to reach it all. Two of my 12 months are gone. I've got lots of work left to do. I'm 100% certain I'll get there, but I don't know the path, and I would welcome your help and thoughts. That's just one of my goals that I'll share with you right now that's really important to me. So I have all kinds of plans and yep, it's on the calendar and all the rest, but I can still use the help. I promise you that if you take this opportunity to reflect on your life, to see what things are as you wish them to be and what things are not, if you quantify and make some specific plans, you'll be one of those one percenters that keep their resolutions or goals or whatever you want to call them. And you'll do it because you are demonstrating love to yourself. You're demonstrating commitment and you've taken the steps required to complete those kinds of goals. As you do that, you grow, I grow, happiness grows, and guess what? Purpose, prosperity, and joy come as we create the ultimate life. 
you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on